in this reboot of the 1960 sitcom, Transylvanian Vampire Lily falls head over fangs for lovable lumbering monster Herman, despite her father's objections. This week on the Made for TV podcast, it's The Monsters! Your scream shirt presentation! Bored through the stitches, our sides have no stitches. We slam on Rob Zombie's film, The Monsters. Watch, you'll be bitching and feel your eyes twitching. You'll slam on Rob Zombie's film, The Monsters. Good. That's it. That's my. You know what was, song Kyle? is that? What? That's his that, music, that's right? That's Rob yeah. Zombie's <laughs> song, Dragula, which is named after the monster's car. So oh, it all nice. comes together. I, I, I thought it through. That's great. It that's cohesion. a beautiful. That's a beautiful cohesion. Beautiful start to this monster's episode. And yeah, let me be the first to say we could just end it here. And just yeah, uh, I was gonna ask if you wanted to pop it in and then jump straight to our final thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. Well, let me first let me just welcome everybody to the Made for TV podcast, the show dedicated to celebrating and exploring the unique world of movies made for the small screen. My name is Kyle. My name is Scott, and this is the third of our Halloween 2022 screaming screamy streamies, uh, all new releases miniseries we're talking halloweeny films spooky season films that came out in the year of our lord yours and mine only i don't know why the rest of you are claiming them <laughs> our lord our lord yes yeah. uh, 2022 uh, and today's film is as we've alluded to uh, uh, rob zombie's hit New smash hit, new <laughs> straight to home video and Netflix film, The Monsters. It's a different, different kind of horror, you know, the kind that mm-hmm. is just horrific to watch. Did I say hit? So. I left an S off the beginning. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yes, this movie. Ah, it's been a while since we've really watched one that was like difficult to finish on this podcast. You know, mm-hmm. like where I paused multiple times, not because I needed to be like, wait, what just happened? But because like I just needed a break. Like yes. I'd watch like five minutes and take a two minute break to look at my phone and <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> recenter myself and then hit play again. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. there, Anything to do that was not this movie was great. I, I took I was able to take a break halfway because that's because we because we went to go uh, to uh, to a. Uh, dairy farm and so i stopped watching it i think it was a dairy farm we did a lot yesterday and this I mean, is we were just talking it, about going to the dairy farm the keener so, yeah keener dairy farm i think that so, might be the one that celia said so it's fun we know. go every year so it's good okay okay well it's weird you don't invite us but, you know, so <laughs> just used to it i guess at this point <laughs> yeah but uh yeah no anything to do that was not this movie literally like while one of my notes in my notes during the movie was just my kids are watching spooky buddies in the living room. Like a, a spooky buddies is like a puppy talking puppy oh, film. You know, do have to tell me what spooky buddies is. I'm familiar with the buddies uh, spinoff <laughs> okay. of the Airbud franchise, Kyle. All right. I've yeah. pushed for us to do, I feel like 
I feel like we should do maybe all of the uh, all buddy of the films. spooky buddies. Not just well, there's more than just all spooky of the, though. Yeah, there's, all of the buddies. There's films, super yeah. buddies. There's like Christmas buddies, Santa paws, or whatever the fuck they're called. I don't know. There's there's plenty of buddies for us all. We should just watch all of them, and mm-hmm. then do one episode reviewing all of the buddies movies. I think that's a good idea. It's not longer than usual. We don't go through the plot. We just no 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 no. We just talk about the buddies the buddy lore i support this uh 100 honestly we should do the air bud movies i want those are made for tv they, movies oh yeah, i they did are. watch like all of them those are great the first one is maybe theatrical but like air bud 2 wide receiver that's straight to tv come on air bud 3 is maybe world pup I know that here's the five sports seen, of the yeah, Air Bud it, yeah. franchise. Let me lay it out for you real quick. Okay. The good. first one's definitely basketball. I don't know if I believe a dog could play basketball. You know, like, it's hard I guess to it's believe. the most. They yeah, can't dribble, but they can, you could set a, a dog up for a shot. Mm-hmm. So I'm willing to believe It's the same that, thing like you, like a dog could play volleyball the same way it could play basketball. It's well, just volleyball. We'll get harder, to volleyball. So. I think we're going to get to volleyball. I mean, basketball would be harder because uh, you're shooting a basketball. At yeah, you got to really aim it. And it's a hard ball on your nose, I feel like. It's not really mm-hmm. meant for hitting. So that's going to hurt. Football. Now, I do think a dog would be a good wide receiver. Like, it makes some sense. Now, the problem is, as it happens in the film, what happens if that dog gets tackled? You know, like, yeah, yeah they that's... can't handle the physical contact, but nobody is outrunning the dog to catch a football. They, you know? it's, a, like, it's the wide retriever uh, in there, right? Like, yes, that's the joke exactly. they make, the yes. wide retriever. Okay. So just, that makes sense. It's right but, there. I just had to say it because it just it, happened. But the, the, I think either the third movie might be soccer. That's the most believable that a dog could play. It's not mm-hmm. like very physical and it's mostly, it's just running and kicking, right? A dog can do that. It doesn't even have hands, so it can't yeah. break yeah. the rules. Uh, where we really lose it though, I think the fifth one's volleyball. That one doesn't matter. I haven't seen that one. One of them, either the third or the fourth is baseball. And that one, <laughs> a dog going up to bat to hit the ball. He's, He's holding a bat in his mouth <laughs> and he has to turn his head fast enough to hit the ball and get contact. That one's where you really lose me with the believability. That's pretty that tough. I mean, he can, can play in the outfield. Sport. Like I get that. Yeah, I get that he part can of catch, it. But... but yeah, how is he going to bat? You what? can't have a designated he... hitter for an outfielder. Like it's only what kind for... of force can a, can a dog's neck generate <laughs> when turning, you know, like, there's no way he can hit a ball. You just have to believe. He probably hits a fucking home run in the movie at some point. Oh, yeah, point for sure. It's, uh, <laughs> I think it's called Airbud Seventh Inning Fetch, I think is what that one's called. Wow, they went all out for they that. Did. All they out for really that one. did. Maybe um, next September we'll do a K-9 month ooh, they, for the oh, nine. It's, that makes nine. sense. <laughs> yeah. Is there? A, can we do anything better? Ninth January, month. February? Hmm. I'm just thinking quickly through dogs. We could just, how about we just do it in April because I had a dog named April. Okay. Up, <laughs> okay. I just check out. Yes. Uh, um, okay. Uh, yeah. Back to, uh, what, back, back to, to monsters, I guess. Doing? I was saying that I just wish I was watching spooky buddies in the living room, yeah. not the monsters. Yeah. So that's, I understand that but, fully. 
But yeah, I had a, we talked about it. At least you got to take a break. Well, before we do that, we should discuss how we're recording this. It's a little different of an episode. We're Mm -hmm. recording it a little rushed, maybe less notes, but I would have loved to take a break, but I had a chunk that only chunk I could really watch. It was Celia and Dot were going to like a chili cook-off party or something together. I didn't want to go to begin with. I was not going to go to that party. Um, I was going, I was like, oh, I'm going to have the, I'm going to stay home by myself. Maybe watch the next, I'm watching the Roger Moore Bond movies. Oh. I'm going to watch the next Roger Moore James Mm, Bond movie. We have a better idea. Yeah. I had a better idea. (laughs) I said, oh, remember how I'm going to be gone for a week and we haven't, planned that at anything. all yeah. yeah uh to deal with that well let's just record the monsters this tomorrow yeah. great so here we are folks watch the monsters could not take a prolonged break like i would have enjoyed from it in the middle uh unfortunately but yeah how was your uh how have you been in the what is this three days since we, we had an interest recorded? we had a really busy yesterday it's probably the busiest day that i can remember that we've ever done with the kids we went to uh started the morning off went and met some friends downtown to like walk around the promenade park and the and the the riverside area and that was fun and then came home and then went to the keener dairy farm in the afternoon with uh my parents and then we did that for a couple hours and then came back and then cash had a a birthday party the first our first like birthday party where we went to, we didn't know anybody. It was just a friend from school. Like we hadn't even met his friend, but he got invited to the birthday party. And so we went to this, these strangers houses and it was uh, pretty fun. They had a big bounce house there and nice. it was in the suburban area. So yesterday we literally did the urban area of Fort Wayne, the rural and then the suburban. So we just were, we're very well cultured this, yes. this weekend. <laughs> The many eclectic environments of Fort Wayne, Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> well, but that's cool. That was yeah. It was it was pretty fun. The 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 dairy farm has like this. The Cash's favorite part is this big corn pit, like just a big thing filled with with corn, and uh, it's got like a slide, like a, a playset in it, and so the kids are all like sliding down into the corn, and it's his favorite thing. He'd probably stay there for a couple hours. But nice. there's a big like corn maze and there's a, and the corn maze was Mario themed this year. That was pretty cool. Ooh, Mario themed based on the new movie or based on the video games or based on the Bob Hoskins uh, movie from, from the nineties. Uh, it was based on the video game and they had a okay. big ball and chain dog chasing after you through the corn maze. Like, Ooh, like that. That's <laughs> no, really cool. It was not that. <laughs> I was really hoping they had an, actual animated chain chomp that was even better actually i was hoping they had a guy in a mascot like just a big inflatable ball outfit that was just chasing you (laughs) that'd be great no it was just a massive like art piece with all the different mario characters yoshi a stack of coins and like that kind of favorite character a stack of a big one up the the top was like one up for milk it was like the end of it milk yeah, because it's dairy uh, farm. It's dairy it's farm, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So it was all propaganda for Big Dairy. <laughs> it <say>. was. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, there's yeah, it's uh, it's fun. It's fun for the kids. There's not. It's not like uh, it's not like we go. It's cool to see the the dairy farm and like the robot milker and like watch it milk cows. It's kind of cool. But um, other than that, it's uh, it's it's fun. We go every year. So all right. Well, well cool. 
Um, I don't really have much. When did we we were last recorded on Thursday? Yeah, it's been so. Not yeah, it's very been, long. There's been two days in between. Uh, <laughs> I don't think what did Celia and I caught up on some reality shows we're watching. That's about nice. it. We caught okay. up on Lego Masters because our friend Brick and Nick from Twitch is on this season. So it's cool. Been enjoying that. Uh, yeah, that's about it. And watch this movie, and then. We watched some Buffy uh, last night because it's off of Amazon. Isn't it rude? Buffy the Vampire Slayer leaves Amazon on October 8th. Yeah. That's, I feel like that's rude. In the is. middle of October to take away such a thematically appropriate show. Maybe it gets um, more expensive to keep it on in October. Oh, that's possible. You think that Fox is out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to jack up the rates in October. We know you want that Buffy goodness yes exactly uh, yeah um oh, kyle i wish i had more to talk about but i really don't so i feel like we really just have to talk about i guess the, the monsters oh no um, oh, but no. we can open with if we have any history with the monsters i don't know if you do i assume you probably don't no just knowing you not it was not around in what 19 1960 when it was a it was a it was originally airing in sitcom? the 60s but. um i did watch the monsters growing up though uh, and I would say I was a, I like, like, of the old shows I would watch as a kid, it was one that I really enjoyed whenever I would watch it. It's not like I could point, like, this was my favorite episode. I've seen them all. <laughs> you know, it's more like I probably saw, like, 10 to 20 episodes on Nick at Night or TV Land yeah. or whatever <laughs> as a kid, you know, and would enjoy it because I liked monstery themed so, I mean, it seems like a good concept like it seems like you could make something good with it oh yeah I think but. look this movie does capture kind of the tone of the jokes in the writing sometimes it's just not executed well uh, it's fun in like a 60s campy way in the same way it's like a I mean, it is basically blatantly an Adams Family kind of ripoff. Mm-hmm. Um, like it came out after the Adams Family. And it feels like just a network being like, "Well, we need our own spooky sitcom." Yeah, you know. Um, but it's just like it's a little bit less macabre, I would say. Like uh, the Adams Family, you've got like Morticia and Gomez will really revel in their own like ghoulishness, you mm-hmm. know. Whereas Herman is very much like the monsters are horrific monsters, but they behave almost more like normal people than the Adams family. Yes. You know? Yeah. There is Herman is like just a kind of goofy, corny dad who yeah. wants <laughs> the best for his family or whatever is the vibe I've always gotten uh, from him. So they went a little bit different with the movie, I would say. Uh, not fully, but. Yeah, I, I I like the show. I was interested in the movie in that it's being directed by Rob Zombie. One of my monitors just turned off. Hopefully that turns back on uh, while we're recording. <laughs> Don't know why it did. Um, but Rob Zombie, as a director, I was like, well, that's a weird... That's going to be either a disaster or really good. Because I know, as we alluded with his song, Dragula... I've always known Rob Zombie, massive fan of the Munsters, you know, mm-hmm. like iconic to him. So you got to, I was gotta very think, curious you to think see a, a massive fan making something yeah. would probably maybe very good. 
Maybe. Could be. I mean, it can go both ways. It can be too referential and mm-hmm. like have nothing to say and be boring. Or it can be like, oh, this guy gets the core of this thing. Like, you know, and it's fun to see him interact with it. And I do think this movie is interesting to see him, uh, I guess, to get a glimpse into what Rob Zombie, what elements Rob Zombie does connect with of the monsters or, uh, so, while mixing his own vibe into it a bit. Um, I don't know. I don't know, Kyle. I don't know. Yeah, I that's something really... I just, without having any history with it, it's like I can't even make those connections when I watch. It's just... Now, here's a question then. Let's forget about the monsters of it all. Do you have any history with Rob Zombie's films to have any like so. notion going in what to expect from him? I don't think so. I think I looked up his stuff and I don't know. Let me. I can't picture like you as IMDb. like a as like a House of a Thousand Corpses or a Devil's Rejects viewer. Nope, have not yeah. seen it. So yeah, I haven't. I don't think I've seen anything by him. So obviously, he famously did the Halloween remake and its sequel. Um, which were movies I saw, as you would expect. Yeah. Uh, not, a, not a very big fan of it. Not a big fan of any of Rob Zombie's movies. Um, but I was still very... When, he was, when this movie got announced, I watched like his social media and like all of the trailers and stuff like anxiously, excitedly almost, because I was really curious to see him stretch himself in a different direction uh, mm-hmm. as a director. And I think he did. And in some ways, I think he didn't. Uh, and maybe we should, maybe we should, maybe we should just talk about the movie, Kyle. Let's talk about it. Do we pop it right. in? I guess we I pop guess it in. I guess we're popping it in. Just because we got the, we, we got to pop it in. We got to pop. We always pop. It, in. it will be a little bit looser. I've got like, I mean, uh, I've got like the basic kind of plot <laughs> will come up in my notes, but there's not a lot to speak of. Uh, the the quick summary of this movie is like. There's a count, the vampire, the count, grandpa from the Munsters, as you know him, has a daughter, Lily, who he wants to get married, uh, and she falls in love with this guy that he doesn't approve of named Herman Munster, who's a bit of a doofus, who accidentally signs away their home, and then they all have to move to, like, a nice Hollywood neighborhood together. Yep, that's it. Yeah, that's basically. it. Basically, and it's uh, like the, when you say it like that, it comes across better than like the movie. It does because well, movie that sounds like the basic. Like it sounds like there's a narrative and tension <laughs> in that basic <laughs> description, which is not really present in the film. No, You'd think it would not. be a movie that is like the whole movie is Grandpa trying, like a rom com. It's Grandpa trying to come between Lily and Herman, but really, that's like five minutes of the movie yeah know? there's like the, the they don't set up any like narrative plot hooks like no. it just throws you in and i'm like 20 minutes into it i'm like who are the, what is this movie who are these people like where are they i'm like another in yes. transylvania but like just because i saw it on a sign like are they is this what the monsters is like is this where they live no. all the time the like monsters, where's the exactly. where's the like the intro or something like <laughs> The monsters, as you know. So you know, this something- is the intro. That's what's interesting about this movie. I think Rob Zombie is such a huge monsters fan <laughs> that he wants to answer every question about the lore that uh, he's ever imagined. So like, this is the yeah, it's the pre exactly to the this monsters. is the prequel to the TV show that he has made. Like 
How did they fall in love? How did they get their house? Why did they move here? Where did they get their pet? Like he answers all of these questions that I assume were burning to nobody. And he doesn't answer them in like an interesting way. No, it just like starts (laughs) off with like these, these two guys like in a graveyard, like trying to find body parts. A Frankenstein opening. Uh, And they meet a guy and I'm like, okay, is this guy the butler for the house? No, it's just like a zombie that they found or something like it's it's like it's a like, skit it's, it's two like minutes little... of it's two minutes of nothing happens i would say in the first two minutes of this movie and then the title card just comes up and that's your first and i'm like oh no like this was a two minute scene where i learned nothing i felt no emotions i felt no suspense and then it just came up with a title card that said the monsters and that was rob zombie's opening statement right like yeah. The thing before the title card, you're ending on like the here it is. You're fucking ready to watch this movie now after you saw that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm, I'm not. not at all. <laughs> I don't know what just happened. It's <laughs> just two dudes. The like only thing said. I know right now is that I recognize the Kenchman guy from As Hurley from As Lost. Hurley from Lost, and that is the only thing that has me going at this point. It's Jorge right. Garcia. And like I look at him and I'm like, is that him? Like he looks way different. Cause he's got like yeah. makeup and a full beard, all that stuff. And like hunchback and I look it up and it's him. So I'm like, great. Awesome. Great. Got your best performer early, <laughs> early sure from lost. Not going to spoil it yet, but uh, maybe. I did. <laughs> Hurley from lost and from my favorite Weezer album. That's just called Hurley because he's on the cover for some reason. That's funny. Uh, that's they were just going to call it Weezer. They have like five self-titled albums, but they put him on the cover and they were like, well, everyone's just going to call it the one with Hurley on it. So they just so called let's it just Hurley. Call it Hurley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not my favorite album by them, but I just really like that. They have an album with just that dude's face on it for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, classic band stuff. Yeah. yeah. So this opening is, I guess the guy who it's the guy who made Herman and his henchman, uh, who is his Igor type, right? His hunchback henchman. It's mm-hmm. it's your Frankenstein setup. You got your Dr. Frankenstein and his henchmen, and they're looking to get body parts to make a monster together, which I would say is a probably a terrible way to open your monsters movie because it means we don't get the titular Herman Munster until like 25 minutes into the movie. Yeah. And he's uh, like the main uh, reason yeah. for the movie. Like he's the he's the guy. We don't Luckily, get that gives us an extra 20 minutes to spend with Rob Zombie's wife, <laughs> who he casts in every movie, <laughs> yes. and who is just a fucking terrible oh, actor. She's uh, so bad. She's yeah, so before bad. we get to her, while we're on the opening of the movie, I guess, right away, the aesthetic of it, I don't know if we want to talk about its look. It's mm-hmm. got like the look of like a universal Halloween horror nights. Right. But not scary. Like you would think then that that sounds like Disney, but it's not quite good enough to be Disney. <laughs> you know, it's campier than that. It yeah, feels it's very a little campy. intentionally I kinda like, shitty. I kind of liked it. it. I like the look of it. I, I will say if there's anything in this movie, I did like the look of, of the sets. They're like you said, very, very campy, but yes. it's just kind of like fun to look set. at. I guess and, the, and part of it is everything else is so um, uninteresting with the plot and their the lines that they t- speak. And so I'm just like, well, what else can be interesting to look at? And, and I guess it's the, the set is what I focused on. Maybe it's, it's interesting. Only it's interesting to me 
A, it's a huge departure, like, visually for Rob Zombie, who makes, like, gross, grimy, disgusting-looking movies, even though this kind of... The thing is, like, color-wise, vibrancy-wise, this is a huge departure, right? Like, Mm -hmm. everything pops and is very vibrant. A little too much for me with the lights, the neon lights that are on, like, every single fucking scene. Yes. Um, But the camera work itself, to me, it still feels really, like, shaky and, like, uh, on-the-go. Like, filmmakers, we're just going to get this quick in one take. You know, like mm-hmm. it just feels like the camera's never locked down or really planned out that well. It feels a lot like we're just kind of shooting on the fly cheaply and quickly. And that feels very Rob Zombie and it doesn't feel very Munsters. And mm. I think that's something that works against the movie to me. It's like it's visually the sets, the makeup, the color palettes, all very nice and pleasant. But then the way, like you said, the writing is bad. Like narratively, and the jokes are bad. The jokes are bad, but they're. I feel like the jokes are supposed to be bad, right? Like the jokes are trying to be like a bad, campy '60s sitcom a lot of the time, where there are jokes that you're like, "Ugh, I've heard this a thousand times," right? Like it's not funny. The problem is that they're being delivered poorly, and the visuals aren't supporting them the way the cameras filmed. Like it works when I'm watching a monsters episode. Cause I'm watching an old sixties multi-camera, mm-hmm. you know, like that's shot and edited in a way that supports it all. Whereas this is like shaky Dutch angles and kind of just sure. boring like sure. shots that it just doesn't feel like it has any zip to the comedy. Mm-hmm. I guess I would say right away. Those are those are just my visual thoughts. Yeah. Um, I know uh, it's interesting the choice to go ex- very vibrant with the colors, given the monsters was like in black and white originally. Yeah. So it's kind he, of. A, I read that he said he didn't think it would be marketable to make the movie in black and white, as, and as we know, this movie was, is currently <laughs> amazing, uh, perfectly marketable. <laughs> it is. It's it just top Top Gun Maverick as the top grossing movie of the year. I think. Yeah. So, so. yeah, it's doing so well with the way he went. Uh, I don't hate the way he went. I. I I do find the colors, like I said. I like them too. Pleasant. I, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. So it, it gives it a kiddie vibe, even though the movie doesn't really feel like a kid's movie. Like I wish it kind of was almost. Yeah. Um, it's like yeah. it needs to be. It needs to be something different. Just something mm-hmm. different, you know? He just can't get away from his desire for like things to feel a little bit, I don't know, like cheap and gross or something i don't know how else to describe rob zombie there's just everything feels a little demented in the way it's filmed uh, to me um either way we get that boring intro we meet the grandpa and we meet sherry moon zombie yeah and i hate that i you know we're still like kind of in this intro phase of the movie because we have this the intro on the graveyard whatever and then we get like the the dad the the count you know and it's like it's just like a little skit they're doing and it's the, it's like fine if you it's fine to open like a scene or a character with just them doing something funny but then like add a narrative something to it at the end to like hook us with what's going on what the main plot of the movie is and we just don't even get that other than like i guess Sherry or Lily is going to be going on a date and like that's it yes and it's yes. like what where, where's this movie going like what what's I, happening it's it it's like I said, it feels like it's written very much 
like it's supposed to be just here's some random scenes from the monsters, yeah, you know, yeah. or something, but then not shot in the same way. So it's weird to be so reverential almost to a fault in your writing style and not at all in your visual style to the original show. It's very much like Halloween. Um, I think Rob Zombie's biggest weakness is when he tries to adapt himself to other people's material. Mm. Uh, his Halloween, I don't, I don't, I hate his Halloween too, but it's very different and it's very him and it has defenders. You know, I don't <laughs> like it cause it's not the flavor I want of Halloween, but it's fully a Rob Zombie movie. And so some people really like it for that reason. His first Halloween movie, I think, is that it's most interesting in the first half when he's doing, like, fully new things. And then it really sucks in the back half when he's just, like, straight up remaking Halloween, mm -hmm. the original movie, but worse and with his filmmaking. That's what this movie feels like. It's like he's making the monsters, but worse and with <laughs> his filmmaking. It's like you're somebody who has such a... Clearly, you have such a unique style and vision that you should just stick to your own stuff. It yeah. works better if it's all cohesive. But yeah, this is like, we just, the grandpa just shows up. I know these characters. I watched this show, you know? Like, mm -hmm. I'm familiar at least with Herman, Lily, and grandpa. And I'm still like, what the fuck is going on? What's happening? <laughs> like, it's such a not fun way to introduce a movie character. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Um, she goes on... Lily goes on a date with a really old vampire who she doesn't get along with. I liked the look, his makeup look. Yeah, and he looks I hated... great. He looks like Nos Nosferatu is what he, he like, looks like. And it, it's a, I like, I like the dating scene, but I'm still like, what is happening? What's happening? And I hate like... every single, so yeah, the, the, now we can talk about Sherry Moon Zombie, I guess, who yeah. I hate. Uh, I don't hate her, but I hate her husband for casting her and for not directing her ever, it seems like. Yes, just no notes. Perfect job. Every single line she says is just like this. She says it all like she might be a Disney fairy princess explaining the plot of something. I don't know how to like... <laughs> to describe the way she delivers joke it's so stilted right like it feels so forced and not like how a human would read any line ever you know i described <laughs> yeah, it to you in text as like a high schooler who got called to read a passage in a play in english class <laughs> who's never acted before like it yeah it is sucks. that bad it really is <laughs> and i don't get it because I paused, I literally paused the movie at one point and pulled up a scene from the Monsters TV show because I was like, am <laughs> I just forgetting? Like... I was like, is she doing a fucking flawless impersonation and I've just forgotten what it's like? And no, the actor who plays Lily in the show is like, just felt like a normal sitcom mom in the scene that I watched. So I don't get it at all what she's doing she doesn't sound or behave in any way that reminded me of lily in the like 10 minute scene that i watched on youtube of the monsters uh but i guess rob zombie would know better than me because he probably fucking is does nothing but watch the monsters all day he's been trying to make this movie literally for like 25 years so <laughs> whatever i guess it's perfect it was the it was first movie he ever pitched Really? Like, <laughs> he's made like seven movies. The first one he ever tried to make was The Monsters. Wow. So this should be the culmination of a career's worth of expertise. You know? <laughs> and it just. No. Oof.
Um, what the fuck uh, do we have? Okay, so yeah, Sherry Moon's terrible. There's a bunch of dating stuff. There's so many, like, there's bits that feel like they're going for comedy. And um, it, yeah, just it falls flat. One of my favorite like reviews that I read of this was just like Rob Zombie doesn't know how to write a plot and doesn't know how to write a joke. It, like it's yeah. just like doesn't know how to deliver a joke, I think was specifically. And it just deliver is, me is, laugh. The, is the better way to put it because there's a lot of the jokes are like kind of funny in that old vaudeville way. You know, they're just like little quick one liner punny things that you throw out. I feel like, or like, um, yeah, yeah, similar to an. Yeah, there's just the actual like, there's like the actual jokes that Herman Munster says, and I liked a lot of those because they're just dumb dad pun humor. But like the yes. other like scenes that were supposed to be funny, it's they just they just don't yeah. hit right. And no, like they don't. The pay, yeah. example is like a the the vampire she goes on a date with does like a weird disco dance at one point. Mm-hmm. Like that's supposed to be funny, I think. <laughs> but yeah. I don't I'm not laughing. I just wrote Nobody's like I think laughing. this is supposed to be a joke. Yeah. The same with the when when later uh uh the count is like watching um the TV. It's like this the news, the person reading the news is like doing it in a way that I feel like is supposed to be funny. Mm-hmm. Like but, she's like a weird character. Like they're yes. just like, hey, do something really strange with your voice and like be like a really like a dorky person and like she goes all out for it and it's just like is this my is this funny like is it, is it funny but it was, this... what's interesting though is i wasn't hating the movie up to that point still those, those first 25 minutes before they resurrect herman even though we're talking about how it's like a terrible way for a movie to start and it's like you don't know what the hell is happening it was like i was i was not laughing ever but I also wasn't miserable watching it. And it felt like the kind of thing where I was like, if this was the tone of the whole movie, I could maybe put it on in the background while I was like cleaning the house for a hol- for like putting Halloween decorations up or something, sure. you know, like it's just background, goofy, whatever, campy Halloween humor. I can deal with that. It's once it starts trying, getting a little bit more into some semblance of plot, that I was just like, uh, uh, make it fucking end, please. Yes. <laughs> like, um, we do get, um, we don't. So they, so since they don't have the kid, there's no Eddie Munster, who is their son, who's like a werewolf mm-hmm. uh, in the show. Instead, we get Lily's brother, who's a werewolf. Who I don't know if that was a character on the show. I don't remember them at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's possible that they were like one of those characters that popped up like four times for a guest role you know um i don't think they lived in the house or anything with them but he's got a whole storyline where he like needs money he's like the no good brother-in-law right terrible business decisions yeah Yeah. like yeah and uh i don't know he's got a whole thing going with this romani woman zoya Mm -hmm. who is trying to get the count's house and the count doesn't like his son and that's really all that matters from that yeah um what do you think of the count though do you think he's okay yeah i mean these characters okay i feel like they're interesting enough where if there was a like well put together monsters limited series or something with the same actors and actresses i mean my minus sherry i think i like i'd be mm-hmm. interested to watch like i think he does a good job with like his lines and stuff but i think he's the only one that i like of the main three 
Okay. Uh, I don't, I really hate the guy who plays Herman. Oh, really? His, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's his voice in particular, and just, it's not so much him, it's his characterization feels a little off from how I remember Herman, and it's just his voice is very high-pitched, and Herman is like, well, I don't, I don't know, he just has like a more baritone voice in my mind, and has that goofy he works better for me when he's a goofy dad and not like someone who's chasing stardom or whatever the fuck herman's doing in this sure, movie yes. you know <laughs> um i just i hate i feel like that's such a lazy uh i don't know like storytelling decision to make your main character like i want to move to hollywood and be famous you know like that's mm-hmm. the best you've got that's like the laziest stereotypical like story trope possible it is for a character yeah and yeah. it like it's supposed to make sense because like that's what he his head is of a comedian right yeah and so like, i guess that's is... what they've said i don't know if that's the lore of herman monster if that's invented for this movie i feel like it's i don't know if it's invented at least for this movie yes his yes. head is the it head is the of, case a, for this. of that and so he is that's how he like first thing he does with the cat with his Frankenstein doctor, Dr. Warlock, is he just goes out and starts performing. But he's not with the doctor. He's with the sidekick, Hurley, going yes, out. Yes, because the, the doctor has... Uh, the doctor, there was a mix-up of brains. The doctor successfully yeah. executes everything that was his job <laughs> and then, like, fucks off instead of being thrilled that his science was right. And he need, he just needs to get redo it with the right brain, right? Like... Mm-hmm. It just Hurley picked the wrong brain. But the doctor is like not interested in Herman and not a part of the movie for like the rest of the movie after he revives him. I think that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's because he, he like disowns him because he wanted the brain of the like super smart dude and he didn't. Yeah. He got a dumb. Like, I get all that, basically. but it's like the doctor like fucks off like he has no ambition in his life anymore. Oh, yeah. He's like drinking as opposed by the, to being uh, by like, the... Yeah. As opposed to being like, oh, Everything I planned worked perfectly. Just my sidekick was an idiot and picked the wrong brain. Yeah. Like, I would be so thrilled. This is a massive W. Yeah, if exactly. It's me. Like, okay. Um, but the plot so, of this movie, they just need to get these characters in and out, you know, and, and just... Move. But they don't. They take 25 minutes. That's what's That's crazy. True. It's true. But it's like, what is this movie about? Is it about him and the Orlock? No, it's not. Or they, Orlock leaves once he gets married to the guy. And then, it, yeah. or to the girl, once he gets married to Sherry, whatever. And then Lily. Yeah. Lily. And then, like, after that, it's like, oh, they have the house. They're going to lose the house. And they're like, nope, we're moving past that as quick as possible. And then yeah. we're in in suburbia and we get virt- basically nothing in suburbia. And then it's over. And, and then it's over. Which the suburbia section feels the most like, it feels like if you're going to make a Monsters movie, the suburbia section should be the beginning of like the second act. Yes, right? it should like, be like at least half they of get the film. There, the first act can be like, it can open with fucking Herman's brain getting taken and then he gets resurrected and then the monster's card, as far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. and have him do like a flash, a speedy flash romance of him and Lily and have them move and she's pregnant and they're just starting their family and the hijinks is like normal, like, starting a family comedy but mixed with monsters monsters macabre like you know flavor mm-hmm. that feels like a monsters movie to me that works more uh than this movie that gets them to suburbia and then nothing happens and then it ends yes <laughs> um yeah so herman gets resurrected 
a scene that I thought maybe went on a touch long. Uh, this is my favorite joke that was okay. just so, so funny. When he was about to call, he was going to name the name Herman. He was going to name him Uranus. I was, it was so <laughs> funny. I was falling out of my chair. It's just so funny that he would, he would think that's a good name. Oh man. It's so funny to me though. In my notes I have written down here, I have written, I think it's really weird that like, uh, it takes 25 minutes to get to like the titular character. It's like they, they take so long setting up the process of reviving him, like strapping him down and a really long scene of resurrecting him. And then a scene of them thinking they failed. And I was just like, stop dragging it out. I want Herman Munster in my Munsters movie. And then he showed up and I was like, I kind of don't want Herman Munster anymore. (laughs) Uh, Put it back, put it back, (laughs) put it back, put it back, put it back, put it back. Um, yeah, they, like we said, Herman's brain is like a comedian's brain. So he gets resurrected and starts tr- performing comedy like right away as a he's on like some talk show where he's being announced like I've made a zomb- I've made a Frankenstein monster. Mm-hmm. And then Herman comes out and starts doing jokes and of course, uh Lily falls in love at first sight when she sees him. Um and there's this part that really bugged me. Um, during that scene where the doctor's on the talk show announcing Herman, mm-hmm. he's like the doctor. He says something where he's like, "And everyone who ever hated me, like fuck you, you can kiss my ass or whatever, like yeah. something like that, right?" Mm-hmm. Um, and like they bleep it out, and that is such a betrayal of the tone of the movie, and is so like the thing I hate most about Rob Zombie is the way he writes characters; they all sound like his voice and they all sound fucking disgusting and like they they all sound like somebody who would slip you a roofie in a trailer park like every fucking character he writes is just some disgusting person there's like a scene in his halloween remake the director's cut which is like the only version you can fucking watch is like there's a scene where these two orderlies like rape a woman in michael's room it's horrific and unnecessary and like i think in halloween 2 there's a scene where like these two morgue drivers are talking about how they like to fuck dead bodies or whatever and it's like god does everyone have to be so disgusting in your movies can't there just be someone who like works in a hospital and is a nice person (laughs) you know um but everyone he writes is like that and it just feels like oh he gets an opportunity to have the doctor curse and talk gross for a second because he can bleep it so it's not a full betrayal of the tone but it's just like the late it just feels like rob zombie slipping out in the laziest little bit of writing that's not doesn't feel like it fits with the monsters vibe and it just you know there was a little shout out there's my boy robbie i (laughs) spotted him in that moment (laughs) um i did like how that scene looked though where Herman's being announced because it's shot like a black and white multicam. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, and I was like, I just wish the whole movie looked like this. Yeah. It's <laughs> to interesting me. to watch. It was, it was, uh, it was a kind of a fun, fun part. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's not like it's amazing or anything, but it at least felt, I was like, Oh, so Rob does understand. Like you could lock down the camera and make it look like a black and white movie. If you wanted to, you're just not doing that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, after that, uh, Herman is on the show. That's when the doctor leaves, like we talked about. Then Herman starts, he he becomes like a rock star comedian. I just was so, this was another thing where it's- And he's wearing a jacket. This was Rob Zombie slipping in again, I felt like. Like, 
Yeah. You go. You it's go, just weird go. that he's wearing a, a jacket that says rock star on it, but he's a comedian. Like, I just don't, yes. it doesn't make, makes those, no sense. It makes no sense. Yeah. It's, it's like Rob because Rob is obviously a rock star. It, it's, he's writing what he knows rather than like making Herman just a, you know, vaudeville comedian who's up there making, he's like, I better make him like a grimy punk rock yeah. comedian who's like up there fucking playing like power chords and then dropping his shitty little dad jokes in the middle of it. It's like, what a weird juxtaposition of elements. Um, just weird. And this is where, so Sherry, uh, Lily goes and finds him, right? And Herman obviously falls in love with her at first sight too. Um, they did shoot this movie on location in like Scandinavia or something in a castle. Well, I could tell that they shot on location in Paris. Of course. Well, we'll get to the Kyle. Oh, don't, please don't rush ahead. I just say it. I could tell. Save your passport to Paris, okay, for later <laughs> because it's not time. Uh, uh, but I was just want to say. It's cool that they got a castle to film in or whatever, like they filmed all in this castle, but everything like being filmed in there starts to make me feel like I'm trapped in a maze of neon uh, light. Every room looks like it's the same building, you know? It's Mm -hmm. just annoying almost and disorienting. Disorienting? Disorientating? Disorienting. It's disorienting. Okay. It's disorienting. Um... And then, uh, blah, 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 blah. Is there anything of note in there? So this is where they, they fall in love, right? Mm-hmm. And I think they have a date before they get married. Is this, uh, well, wait. I did want to say there's one part in the beginning. So on that show, right, when he's announced, yes, yes, before yes, he yes. starts making jokes, he, like, sits down at sits him down at the piano to play piano right and he just <laughs> yeah. smashes the piano that was pretty funny yeah. i like that. that's funny that was great it's funny there were i think three two or three times i laughed yeah i wrote them down in my notes so that was one time i laughed so um okay good so lily and him meet they both they do the same like love at first sight effect which i do kind of like the cheap and shitty love at first sight thing that looks like a shot from like a horror movie that's set in a fun house or something where they have their like entire background is like hearts and stuff hearts just spinning around behind them or whatever (laughs) like it's so it's i it's it's not achieving exactly the quality of effect that i think maybe he was aiming for Mm -hmm. um but it is fun and it's like cheap and shittiness which maybe he, I mean, Rob Zombie loves cheap and shitty stuff. Yes. Yeah, so. so I guess that's probably what he was going for. Um, this is weird, though. They have their date, and it's like at her house with her dad. Yeah. And I assume, <laughs> I wrote down, I was like, is this basically how your first date with Carrie went? Did Doug kind of treat you the same way? Yes. You know, <laughs> just make you sit down at a long dinner table together? <laughs> and yep, exactly. Yeah. Oh, oh, here's actually a question I had. Um, Herman on the way to the date, he's picking up flowers for Lily and he buys some blood for the dad to like impress him or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he, he, there's, there's two types of blood and he specifically goes for the one that's more expensive. Yeah. So I was actually curious. 
do hospitals have to pay different amounts? Like, if you need blood, do you have to order blood? You have to order it from the Red Cross, but it's all donated. It's all donated. I don't don't know the I don't know the finances of it, right? Because there's a cost to doing things. Yeah, somebody's paying. Someone's obviously the person who's getting the blood is fucking paying. Um, But I'm assuming they're not charging them different amounts. If you're a vampire listening to this, you want some nice, good, like fresh blood. You know, you don't Mm -hmm. go to the hospital. You go to you go to places that are like low access to health, right? Because they get the fresh blood so that they can keep it on hand for longer, longer. Mm. And then once that blood gets a little bit old, like it's going to like kind of run out soon, they're like, okay, we got to use this up. That gets transported to the hospital so that people in the Ew, hospital- I'm getting old. Get... I'm getting like blood that's past the sell-by uh-huh. date. Yeah, it's been sitting in the fridge the for a while. Not it's past that the sell-by date. You have to date. open it and smell yeah. it and you're like- <laughs> yeah. I know it's two days past the sell-by, but that's not the use-by, mm-hmm. so it doesn't smell sour yet. I'll try it. Yep, and the blood bank's like, it's a little bit off, and the doctor's like, this person's hemoglobin is three. Can we please have three units? You know, like, we just, please, for the love of God, we need to save this person. Yeah, so yeah, at the hospital is when you get blood that may okay. have uh, been kind of sitting around until its expiration date. I don't think everybody's pumping people full of blood that's been sitting for years but um yeah i was thinking i, I was like i think o negative it. is like the one that you is like the most desired one like one of the most mm-hmm. desired ones and so it was like that kind of fits that's the one he picks yeah. is the like most whatever expensive. the least whatever like the least common blood type is or the most universal right mm-hmm. that's what o negative well, is o negative is, is the universal donor yeah. and so anybody exactly. can have the o negative so that's it's valuable for that reason alone but then whatever the least common one is that like you know that one must be valuable too i would Mm -hmm. think i don't know like i just feel like somebody out there is making more money on different kinds of blood (laughs) i just have to assume there's a market for everything and you can't just be like I know I, I would be crazy if you were a patient and it was like, well, I have a rare blood type, so it just costs me more to go to the doctor than other people. But I guess that also could be the case. I don't know. I've never really had to get blood, I don't think. Yeah, and like so. you can give plasma and you make money off of that, but like you yeah. donate blood. You know, people donate blood all the like there's people with like A B negative or you know, yeah. one that's like really rare, uh, and they like give blood because they're always like being asked by like the red cross and stuff like hey please we need this blood and so mm. i don't know i don't know the finances of it maybe if we figure that out we could uh make big money you know big, big money, money on people's blood you know yeah uh well kyle i don't know if we want to get involved with that that's blood money and i've heard that you don't want to get involved with <laughs> yeah. blood money true. um so they go on their date with the dad i didn't really like this scene the date scene i thought that herman was a little too alpha. Yeah, it's that a little makes sense. yeah. Like he's intimidating the dad whereas I always view I know you didn't watch the show it doesn't matter to you but I view Herman as kind of like a um not someone who's ever really malicious. Like if he hates his father-in-law, I would imagine it would mostly be expressed in like sarcastic asides or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. or like he would make a joke that maybe his dad wouldn't get. Or something like that. Um, I can't imagine him like aggressively patting the dad on the back as like a show of strength. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he's really giving him that alpha vibe. Yeah, in he there. is. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I did think his joke where he's like, how do you keep a grouchy old vampire in suspense? Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you later. Yeah. Uh, was kind of funny. <laughs> and I do like his laugh, like, cause it's just, it's the loudest laugh you can think of. Very disrupting to anything. Like you'd, you'd yes. be able to hear it for miles. I think it's a, I think it's funny. It's a bit. Much, and that but. is, that is Herman from the show. Like he makes jokes and laughs like that a lot of the time I feel like but they feel more appropriate to me when it's the goofy dad and not Mm -hmm. like the guy who's a punk rock star I guess (laughs) the fuck's going on it's so weird to me that they don't even mention like wanting to start a family in this I don't feel like yeah like if this movie ended with with Lily being like I'm pregnant you know like oh my god that would be something we're setting up <laughs> the show's gonna begin I, we i can't wait till we get to the end of this movie which was just like it's over what? i know okay uh, so they have their like one date and then it basically feels like um uh it like it feels like it just cuts to the wedding they go on their date they go to the beach um it's I like a week la- it's like a week span. we get a love yeah. montage right mm-hmm. basically at this point um which I did laugh at how uh, Herman looks when he's like dressed up for the beach. I thought he yeah. looked funny in his <laughs> beach costume. Um, and I did also laugh at the when they hang out with the creature from the Black Lagoon, but only because the costume looked so shitty. Yeah, it really like, did. It was so much worse than anything in the movie, even, that I just thought it was funny. They picked it up at uh, the Halloween store, the uh, Spirit Halloween Yes, which, oh man, I almost went and saw the Spirit Halloween movie uh, this weekend. There's a movie about Yes, they made a Spirit Halloween, a a horror movie that's just Spirit Halloween, like the movie. Uh, It's got Christopher Lloyd in it, I assume. Oh my gosh. I assume he filmed one day for like a trailer (laughs) shot, you know, at the most, but... It was playing at Regal, and like it was like one of those things that's like it's got one showing, you know. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I almost went and saw it. I bet it's a real masterpiece. Uh, Surprising that that movie gets a theatrical release, but the Munsters doesn't. Honestly. Well, Netflix Uh, is about to have their first theatrical release, right? With uh, Glass Onion, the Knives Out. Maybe their first wide theatrical release, but I've seen Netflix movies even uh, in the theater myself. Okay. Uh, so they usually will usually for anything that they want to be nominated for awards, they'll release in like a few select theaters. And then sometimes like smaller movies will just get like, not like big wide releases, but they'll kind of sprinkle out to random theaters. Like I think the movie, um, uh, parallel mothers is the name which is not mm. technically like a netflix movie but i think was released by netflix in the u.s either way when i saw it in theaters it had like the netflix studio logo before the movie <laughs> started uh and i was like oh shit could i just watch this on netflix why yeah. do i go to the theater yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah glass onion will be their first like big release i think and this movie's not a netflix movie either even though it is on netflix it was re- made specifically by the branch of Universal that makes like straight to video content, I mm. think. Um, and they probably were just like, well, nobody's going to pay for this. Can we sell it to Netflix? Like, it's not branded as a Netflix original on Netflix, even, you know? Mm-hmm. Whew, I feel like that's a lot of talking. I'm out of breath. I don't know why I'm talking so much, Kyle. <laughs> um, this, uh, 
Oh, okay. This is a note that I have. That's just a question for you. Um, I wrote, uh, I refuse to pause anymore, but I got a text. It was actually about our D&D being canceled that I got a text while I was watching. And I think I saw a man in a cheap monkey costume dancing. Why was that happening on screen for a minute? <laughs> I did not know what was going on when I looked I up. saw that as well. I did not think of any, anything of it. So Okay, good. It happened. It was like Grandpa dancing with a guy in a monkey costume. I didn't really know what was going on, but okay. From there, it just like cut to the wedding. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was really surprised, mostly because I thought there was going to be more conflict with the dad, like trying to break them up. Yeah, I'm you know? very surprised at the plot throughout this, that it's just like moving on. Like that's yeah. that's it just moves on from like any conflict or anything that's been hinted at. It's just like, oh, it's over and we're done. Boom. Yeah. Boom. Um, maybe this is all totally in keeping with the tone of the monsters. Like maybe if I was a huge monsters head, I'd be like, yes to all of this. He is he gets it. <laughs> but I don't feel like that's the case. Uh, it's once they get married, it becomes like. We've got that whole house plot with that woman Zoya and the brother who owes her money. So and this he is needs the only thing that's been, house. yeah, this is the only thing that's been like hinted at as like an overarching plot thing, yes. right? Like this is a nefarious thing that's happening in the background and it's supposed to have some suspense to it, right? Like this I is going to be a major <laughs> plot point of the movie. At least that's what I'm thinking is like, this is going to come into play in a, in a big way. And nope. yeah, no, it's, I don't understand the legit. We don't need to get into this. Isn't a real criticism because, like, this movie's not trying to work in a world of realism, right? With the right. law, especially. Yeah. But it's so funny that it's like Herman marries Lily, so somehow now he has legal authority to sign. He's the head of the house, the, yeah. the count's house to Zoya. Yep. What? Who <laughs> is happening? understand um which he does even before he's married so it's not even legal yet right like it's not binding there was no witness they can't sign this paperwork before he's even married oh this is transylvania scott it's all different that's true i don't know their legal system you're right um and this is like uh so yeah they get married and then they go on their honeymoon um there's this scene where they're like driving in their car in like the woods or whatever for a second, mm-hmm. it's like daytime and they're like driving in a cemetery, maybe. It looks like shit. It's like, <laughs> it looks so much like student films that I've helped make in college, <laughs> where it's like, you're just like, I don't know how to make it look better. Yeah. You know, like that's like what college kids like, I don't know. We don't have any money. Uh, we're just out. I, it's daytime. It's the only time we can shoot. Yeah. So, <laughs> what do you want from me? I guess. Like, okay. That's what it felt like I was watching, and I just can't believe that this person has made multiple movies. <laughs> uh, so whatever. Then we get Kyle. Now we get to where, if you thought the Olsen twins <laughs> rendered Paris in convincing uh, fashion, you've not, you've never seen it. Like you've seen Paris rendered in <laughs> the monsters. I don't even know. What is it? It's, like it's a, a green screen montage, but yeah, I do think yeah. it's like intentional, right? Yes, I think it's it definitely is. an intentional, like, oh, they're in front of a green screen in front of like seeing things from Paris. And like, yes. it's silly. It's funny. But yeah, it, it's, I thought it was funny. I liked it. It really made me think of the Louvre it scene sure for did, a second. Yes. But the Louvre <laughs> was, was like, this is going to look good, you know? <laughs> yes. 
Um, I did think it was funny when the mime screamed. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. that actor's delivery of the scream, I thought was good. The rest of the dinner, like they they go to dinner and everyone freaks out because they're monsters. Although Lily doesn't look like a monster at all. No, it's it's mostly just Herman. I feel like they're yeah. Unless like in real life, they both look dead and like look like a living no. dead person. We but... can't give that kind of. This is a movie in color. They could have done makeup to make her look dead. She's not supposed to, right? Yeah, like she's not. So she's kind of a pale woman. Mm-hmm. That's about it. I wish her hair was bigger. I feel like uh, she should have like big, I don't know, a lot of more body to her hair than she has. That's just a random little thought of mine. Yeah. I like um, the the mime thing's funny because like as soon as everybody like like runs out and like leaves, it's just Herman's just funny. He's like, "That's the loudest mime I've ever I've ever seen," and I was just made me laugh. That's like good. just funny. I don't know. Yes. I think that's the comedy of the monsters that's different from the Adams family is like the Adams family is look at these like normal seemingly normal people who are so creepy and weird mm-hmm. right and then the monsters is like look at this terrifying Frankenstein monster who's the corniest dad of all time yeah. <laughs> that's what's fun um, well I just thought of this too they're in the the Paris with a bunch of humans and later they make a big deal about seeing humans and freaking out about being around humans. So like Yeah, what, they do. So like uh, in this scene he doesn't care about being around humans. Well, I think he freaks out because I he's get it, because moved. they they moved into a human area, but yeah. he's like literally says like they were horrific. They were the most disgusting the it's the most disgusting people. Also, We've been invaded. Well maybe it's also like they're in Paris at night, like French people are like a little cooler, you know, and sexier as opposed to being in the, why am I defending the movie? I don't know. It fucking sucks, Kyle. <laughs> what does it matter? I don't know. I don't fucking, I don't know. It blows. You're right. You were about uh, to besmirch us suburban people though. And we were going to come yeah. together with our tiki torches and, and uh, come and storm your house. Oh, so. no. Um, <laughs> this is where, again, this is like, this is where Rob Zombie is clearly too indebted in his mind to the lore of the show. Cause they have this moment where like they, they, they look at a newspaper and see that there's a monster in the sewers and we get a scene of them just going and getting that monster. It's like their and dog. Like, yeah. No. Yeah. It is their dog. I had to be, look it up. Like, is this from the show? Because there's no fucking reason for this to be in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like from a story it's standpoint. It's the origin story of the family. They're getting their dog. I could that not give less of a shit about Spot the Lizard Dog. <laughs> um, so then they get, uh, we get the worst acting in the whole movie um, in a little bit here. Surprisingly not from Sherry Moon Zombie, which is uh, the Count finds out that they're going to be evicted, right? Mm-hmm. From the house. And his butler, Igor, is like, how is this possible like the way it's the fucking not even trying possible that's it you don't want to get another take maybe he tries acting for the next one I don't know like oh man okay and that's a scene he's like it's another just kind of 
failed comedy moment or something where he's like, oh, maybe I should stay. There's a different one like looking for uh, me. Oh, yeah. There's like they a different, like a we- you know, I want to, maybe I should stay in Transylvania. And the Count's like, no, you should come with me. And I honestly don't know what happens. I think he stays in Transylvania, right? He doesn't go to. No, 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 no. He gets turned into a bat and he goes with them. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, yeah. Uh, but there's like some joke he makes like. Oh my gosh, I can't remember what it is. But they make some joke about him being sexually harassed by somebody else who's hiring. He wants to maybe be a pool boy. Oh and yeah. I don't they say some line about bending over or something like that. He's like, Well, like, he doesn't have a pool. So yeah. that's supposed to mean something, I guess. Yes. But um oh, okay. This is a different uh, scene. There's a different scene where they're uh probably one of my least favorite scenes in the movie with the count is reading Play Ghoul. And like, I didn't even notice that. You didn't oh, see this oh, scene? He's no, no, I didn't it's a whole scene. This. He's reading Play Ghoul and like he's like opening it up. We see like some like monster thing and he shows <gasps> Igor and he's like, ah, what do you think? And Igor's like, I don't know. I'm more of a leg guy myself. Like it's a whole scene. Oh, I don't scene. remember this. I just blacked this yeah. out. <laughs> it's <laughs> so bad. It's so uncomfortable. Who... Like what man is reading Play Uncomfortable Ghoul is where like, Rob Zombie lives. So that feels like Rob Zombie to me. Like, oh, we better make it kind of gross and lecherous for a little bit. Ugh. Um, okay, we've only got like 20 minutes left in the movie, according to my notes. Uh, I guess they decide to because they decide to move to Hollywood. Um, and this is like when they're on the plane seen flying to Hollywood. I love how obvious it is that they just couldn't get extras. <laughs> like, the, I think they do a noble job of trying to explain it in the script where Sherry Moon Zombie is like, uh, it was nice of them to bump us up. It was nice of them to bump us up to first class. To first Herman, class. But it's just a shame that everyone was too afraid to stay up here. Yeah. Whatever. Like, <laughs> That's ugh. pretty good. Uh, but yeah, this, but like, this movie was like filmed during the pandemic, right? Am I crazy? I don't think it may. Well, I thought I looked I, it I up look, and I thought that they like had to spend the cast. I just spent like three months together. Like principal photography officially began in November of 2021 in Budapest. Um, he decided to light the fame uh, because of the COVID-19 lockdowns. The cast lived together in the same building for three months. So it seems like we were. I guess to November 2021, we're still waiting for... Are we still waiting for vaccines? No. I don't remember anymore. No, we already have vaccines because I was vaccinated yeah. in like June of 2021. But I guess still there's a lot of protocols going on, mm-hmm. you know. So it's probably just a lot easier, I think, for this plane scene to be like, well, we could get extras, but... We're not going to. Why yeah. deal with the hassle? We can ride it out as they're all scared, you know? <laughs> Um, so that's what they did. So whatever. Um, and then, uh, oh, I love this. I thought I was going to love it. I should say is they call their like realtor, I guess before they move. And she's like, I just want to warn you. I've got a Halloween party after the showing. So don't be too scared with how I look, Mm -hmm. you know, which I love that kind of sweaty bullshit old sitcom like setup for how to explain why this person isn't terrified of the monsters right like yeah i thought for sure she'd just be like oh great you're in costume too you know but instead when they she's show terrified. up she faints yeah. and she's scared <laughs> what you have the joke you set up the <laughs> joke dude 
wow. Um, yes. This it's, is where I wrote down it, yeah, it, how the I wrote in all caps. How the fuck are there twenty minutes left in this movie? Uh, sorry, I decided to let either me, should. Yeah, on. it's 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 crazy because the rest of it. So they go and the, and the the realtor goes and shows them some homes, right? And yes. then she goes and she first shows them. She's joking. She shows them this old ruinous uh, haunted house mansion looking thing that's nobody's lived in in centuries and they're like oh perfect this is great we'll take it and she's like he there's a whole bit where herman tries to thinks he needs to bargain with her because he thinks yes. that she's trying to sell them the, the, quote, them the crappy house yeah because yeah, she yeah, shows yeah. them a modern house and they're like we can't have that that's disgusting what is that Ugh. we need this this haunted house right and so he's like acting like it's a hard sell she's like immediately oh it's yours good great yep. i sold it and so she must own the house too, because she because realtors can't just like say you you own the house, you know. Yeah, so. I, it, she must own it, and uh, she thinks that 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 house is going to be something she has to like hide from them, because mm-hmm. she's like, oh, I've got new clients. Hopefully, because when she's on the phone, she's talking to her friend, and she's they mention like, do they know the the deal, the twist, or whatever, you know, like that there's something. Uh, really undesirable about the house that you want to sell them or whatever. So she's shocked that mm-hmm. they chose the ugly house, I guess. That's classic. That's the kind of classic uh, sitcom vibes I want, though, from the from this Monsters thing. I did... I do think a, a funnier director could have made the scene of Herman haggling funny, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. That's a classic comedy setup of the person like not realizing that they've already made the sale, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just Rob Zombie uh doesn't know how to direct comedy. They do say that like it feels like horror directors and comedy directors usually share like like if you're really good at comedy, it turns out you're usually really good at horror. Like Jordan Peele, for example, yeah. mm-hmm. or that movie Barbarian that just came out is directed by one of the guys from The Whitest Kids You Know. Oh, really? Um, oh, yeah. Cool. And I love that movie. I thought it was like fantastic. So, and and horror and comedy, they both rely on like, like suspense and comedy both rely on building up tension and releasing it. Right. That's what so much comedy is: is you're releasing the tension of like an elephant in the room, let's say, in a in a comedic way. Um, I guess my whole point is, though, is that Rob Zombie can't do either. I hate his interpretation <laughs> of both things. So it shouldn't, I shouldn't have thought, like, oh, I don't like his horror movies. Maybe I'll like him doing a funny comedy movie. Because, of course, yep. they're so hand in hand, and I hate the way he does horror, too. Uh, um, either way, they get there, they get the dream house, and then they, um, I wrote, isn't it so funny that in the Prey episode, I was just complaining about movies that are like 105 minutes long. Yeah. And, and that's how long this movie good. is. That's so and funny. I like, and I said, <laughs> if you're wondering what you could cut to shorten this thing, I would say the entire techno Halloween block party is a great yeah. place to start. <laughs> It is, but like this is the suburban part that I actually kind of want, you know. And yeah, it, I but know. it's like at the end of quote end of this movie, I'm literally like, there's when there's no end to this movie. It's never going to no, end because we don't have a conflict right now at all. Yeah, there's no conflict. So they need money, I guess. That's not like the a only thing conflict that I... is he needs to find a job when he gets there. That's it. Like that's all. Yes, that's all there is. And they do that. They do, of course, the same thing that every fucking 
we didn't shout out how hacky it is in Hocus Pocus because I think it kind of works there. But God, do I hate a fucking like uh, it's a costume party and the these people who don't even know it's a costume party win like yeah. scene. You know, <laughs> I've seen this scene enough times. Um, oh, you know what I did laugh at though in the block party scene is uh, Grandpa the Count when he's like casually talking to some other party goers he's like yeah i don't know i don't think there's any blood in the punch something's up here yeah like yeah. just the way he, it's just i liked him at the party just kind of schmoozing with yeah people. schmoozing that's it's like this I, i'll say it again i think it, there's some like interestingness that could happen with the monsters and fun stuff just it's not in this movie and it, it's almost like, like there's a whole tv show yeah. of this premise. i'll just watch that i'll just watch a tv show and be happy with that uh yeah i wrote like this feels like he's trying to tack on an episode of the monsters at the end of his movie mm-hmm. uh it's just like the only plot from the movie wrapped up 35 minutes ago though yeah. Yeah. so i just am so bored <laughs> herman gets a job and like you said while he's leaving he's horrified um that they live in a nice normal neighborhood which i they didn't realize because of it being a halloween party i guess yeah they thought that it like, was all like yeah creepy ghouls every house stuff. every house you saw every house in the daytime like they're just not you smart. know they've never lived in a place not. like this before you know and i do like when he gets his job like working for the funeral home like he, he, they go up and he, his joke this, this is my favorite joke probably in the movie he's like mm-hmm. well have you heard of the new glass coffins and they're like no do they do they sell well and he's like are they successful and he says that remains to be seen remains Ayo. to be seen and that one is funny. So funny that's a good one uh that's that's comedy um but when he goes out and he freaks out right and he goes back inside and he tells the family like we made a huge mistake they're horrible monsters and sherry moon zombie is like now now herman we have to respect everyone who's different they may not look like us whatever she says while she was giving that speech i was alone in my house and i literally just yelled fuck make it stop like i could not <laughs> handle it anymore <laughs> like, just well look. to your rescue uh, comes the yes. brother uh, who has shown up the werewolf brother I think his and, name's uh, Lester, maybe. Lester shows up, and uh, what does he reveal? To what? What does he have? That he that he made a bunch of money gambling in Vegas. And, yep, and he splits it with Herman. So now they're rich, and that's the it. end. The end. I was. <laughs> I wrote. I wrote. I've never been so surprised at a movie ending that I was begging to end <laughs> because it had no reason to keep going. <laughs> like. I just wrote. I expected nothing less from the ending of this <laughs> movie. Like it's just, it's over. Oh, conflict I do like resolved. The very, very, very end where it does the monsters theme, like the monsters TV show opening. Yeah, that's cool. I like. I that like that too. part. That's it, though. <laughs> oh, and then it's over, Kyle. Then the movie ends, and we're all Ooh, happy. <sighs> finally. Um. <clears throat> yeah, I don't think I have any other thoughts on that last scene it just happens yeah yeah okay but boy we have uh we have done a lot of dumping on this movie haven't we yes we uh, have it's time to have some positivity don't you think a a brief moment of positivity (laughs) yeah kyle sure uh do you want to go first i'll go first because it is jorge garcia who gets my best performer from lost hurley the man i was just happy to see him and he's a character and he does a good job with his character he's funny 
Um, I feel like I've seen him act a couple times, and it just has always seemed like the same Hurley. You know, like yeah. he's like kind of like this insecure big guy. Um, but in this one, he's a character actor. He's silly. He's fun. He does a great job. And uh, you know, I thought maybe the guy who plays Count Orlock, and he also plays the the vampire that Lily goes on the date with. Thought he did a, did a decent job, but um, but Jorge gets it. He gets my award. Woo. Um, Jorge was the only actor on my list as well. Um, but just for the sake of keeping it different, um, I'm going to pick, uh, wait, I just had her name, uh, Marta Antal, who was the special effects makeup supervisor yeah. for the movie. I thought about giving it to them too. because it Or uh, Agnes Gazdig, who was the prosthetic makeup artist. Anybody in, the, in those roles, the whole makeup department, and costume department. You guys can get it because you're the only real positive note of takeaway I had on the movie. Mm-hmm. So there they go. I'll give them, uh, I'm giving them uh, an opportunity to work with any other director on any other movie to properly showcase <laughs> their talent. That's good. Ooh, uh, should we get into our final thoughts? Yeah, Kyle? let's do it. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Thoughts. I think technically, I'll go, well, go ahead. Based on Letterbox, I'm technically higher than yeah, you. Yeah, you are. So I'm. I'll uh, go first. Um, okay. Because okay. this movie, it's just, it's so like I don't know, like disorienting is the right word. It's just, I I hate I hate it when movies I can't tell what it's supposed to be, and I just couldn't figure out what's supposed to be happening for like, I guess the entire movie. Really, it never really mm-hmm. fits a full plot. I don't know who the monsters are. I've never wa- I've never seen the monsters before. So it took me a while to figure out. Oh, well, Rob Zombie the- really made a movie for the fans, so you wouldn't get it. Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> but uh, but like even Herman Munster, I didn't know that that was his name. So when they were like, "Hey, what should we call him?" Herman Munster. I was like, "Oh, Munster? Is he gonna be the? I guess he's gonna be the head of like he's the dad for the house." I. I I had no idea, no clue. So this whole movie is just me sitting there thinking like, what's happening? Why am I watching this movie? It's not funny. It's not um, interesting. I feel like the writing's bad. So I was just kind of like having fun watching all the scenery and things. And yeah. um, I don't have very many, a lot of whole nice things to say. I did laugh a few times, but uh, <laughs> overall just really disliked it a whole lot. And it uh, gets gets a half a star from me. Half a, half oh, of a- So mad he just slapped a cup of pens across the room, it sounded yeah. like? <laughs> wow. Yes. I'm angry at monsters. It's <laughs> uh, just worthless, I yeah, don't know. It's half just... a star, feels good, feels fair. Uh, my final thoughts, abysmal. The worst of all worlds. <laughs> You've basically got zero story or tension mixed with very hacky old jokes that are delivered horrifically by terrible actors and filmed in the least visually pleasing or energetic way possible. Um, I said I basically just like every Rob Zombie movie I've ever seen, and this only really further solidifies my view that he is just a bad director. This would be a disappointing but commendable result for a group of students with literally (laughs) zero budget. Right? Like, if you made this movie in college, you'd be like, well, I mean, it's not what I had in my mind, but we did our best. Yes. That's what you would say. Um, I think that Rob Zombie has made a bunch of 
actual movies, though. His output should be way better than this. I don't accept it being a budget issue or a lack of resources because look at the movies. This podcast is nothing but movies with lack of resources and budgets, right? (laughs) And look at a movie directed by a fucking great director, Spielberg. Look at Duel. That movie had way less, way fewer resources, shot in like 10 days. Yeah. And was made by somebody with no experience making a movie, basically. And it fucking rules, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yes. So I, I can only assume that Rob Zombie is just too old to want to commit the energy necessary to making like a good, scrappy, low budget movie. So he's one of those people who's leaned into like the, I'll just make it shitty and campy and so bad that it's good. And I fucking hate that kind of mindset. <laughs> uh, if you want to make something that's so bad it's good, you have to do it on action accident okay yeah. you don't get to just <laughs> do it uh even though the script feels like slavishly devoted to explaining the origins of all the monsters lore that no one was asking for the filmmaking doesn't feel remotely indebted stylistically to the comedies of the time or to the monsters so i don't even understand what he's aiming for like you said it's just Im- impossible for me to even tell what it's supposed to be um If what he's aiming for is me having an aneurysm as my brain self-destructs from hearing Sherry Moon Zombie deliver every line like it's her first time reading a script and she's just been instructed about the concept of acting moments ago, then mission fucking accomplished. One out of five bats entirely for the makeup and costume department. I knew you were going to say that's why you gave it one star. That's why exactly. I put that in my letterbox review. I said, you could argue for this, but I just don't yeah. want to. I so. saw your letterbox review. I was like, can Kyle read my notes? <laughs> like, How does he know? Uh, just, oof. Did not like it. Don't watch the monsters, folks, I guess is where we're coming from uh, on it. But do watch the Munsters sitcom, right, Kyle? Mm-hmm. Do you like a multi-fam? Do you like a multi-camera family sitcom? I Kyle? sure do. I sure oh. do. You know what I like? I like when we don't have time to make a game, and so we do a draft instead. A draft. Draft. We're gonna draft our best prime time late night multicam sitcom our ideal mm-hmm. i guess lineup it's thursday night i'm sitting down there's gonna be four sitcoms these are the four i'm picking okay. multi-camera is our caveat we've we've live action multicam is what we settled on and so we're that just means, uh, picking like our personal favorites is what you're saying i guess oh i'm looking at you could go either way right we only said it was a draft you could go all-time greats trying to make what would be definitively the best version or just like here's the here's the team I'm a, I'd I most want to watch. I think I'm going to probably go with the team I, I want to watch cuz I have the best taste anyways so it's obviously so it I've kind of got like a what I've gone for uh, is I have a list of a bunch of honorable mentions what I've gone for is I've kind of chosen some big ones to cover different time periods that I really love. Mm. Uh, on my list. So I've, I've got a wide spread of decades. Um, they're not necessarily, because the truth of the matter is like, if I'm picking like the funniest ones to me, they're going to be like four shows that came out when I was like 14 years old. Right. right like, yep. <laughs> so that's, I just wanted to maybe have a little more diversity for what we could talk about. So I've made a list that is shows that are very cozy to me from different time periods. But uh, since we're doing multicam only, that means 
there's no like things are eliminated like the office mm -hmm. 30 rock community like these are all shows that i love yeah but they're just not on the table parks and rec. if you're yeah, listening all that parks stuff. and rec yeah there's so many like amazing single camera sitcoms or even animated like the simpsons could have been a contender if we allowed mm -hmm. animated or honestly kyle my original list when i was doing i was trying to do like one show i thought we were maybe going to do five originally and we didn't have any qualifications and i was doing um one show every like 20 year period <laughs> i picked one show from every 20 year period and my choice for the like 2010s to 2020s was fucking bluey because i think that's the best i think it's like one of the best shows ever made i've decided is bluey bluey uh, so is I great an honorable my kids, mention my kids don't bluey. like bluey though so you gotta here's the thing code word around this house of do you want to watch bluey it just is me really saying i want to watch bluey yeah. to dot uh i love bluey i cry at like 30 percent of the episodes and i laugh at like all of them too it's like the perfect blend of actually funny and schmaltzy uh it's great it's great it's the best kids show you should get your kids on it let's get cash and cami on it they don't like conflict didn't that, like it at first yeah. either cash doesn't like conflict if it's got conflict in it he gets nervous so oh there's plenty of bluey episodes that are low stakes that's fine well you know what get cami on it because they're both girls so maybe she'll get sucked in more you know sure bingo sure. and bluey or get the fun girls whatever uh but we're doing a sitcom draft let's stay focused kyle yeah <laughs> get distracted multi-camera sitcoms i don't think we'll have that much overlap uh just based on our brief discussion already but who wants to <laughs> who gets to go first um well we have to flip a coin or something which i don't have we do how, how we could just do it like who's seen the most monsters episodes okay oh then <laughs> hey you know what you go first Oh, perfect. I, wow, I didn't even expect it. Um, great. So, we'll, Kyle, I mean, here's the thing. I know I said we're doing, like, uh, it doesn't have to be, like, the best, necessarily just the best sitcoms, but, like, your personal favorites mm -hmm. and all that. But luckily, the one of the coziest sitcoms I can ever pop on is also the greatest sitcom, the funniest sitcom of all time. It's Seinfeld is my first choice uh, yeah. uh, in the draft. It's a good it's one. Just, it's got to be the number one pick for a live action sitcom. I feel like mm -hmm. uh, multicam. It was going to be it's, my number one pick, even though like I haven't the, seen very many episodes yeah, of it. It's like inarguable. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. It's yeah. just that funny and that good and cozy and easy to watch. Yeah. So uh, perfect. Yeah. So I'm glad we agree. I don't think we need to say much to sing the praises of Seinfeld. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just perfectly constructed uh scripts where the joke always pays off at at the end in just the right way yeah you know yeah <laughs> it's good so i think you know actually my first pick because i'm, I'm mm -hmm. gonna go against a little bit what i said and my personal favorites because my first okay. pick is going to be the the pick to get to convince my wife to sit down with me to watch and uh -huh. watch the night of sitcoms you know instead of just picking one that i like of course, um, of course. my first one is gonna be the golden girls because carrie loves the golden girls and that thing is so classic that it's it's a great one to start off with i've seen a few I'm so just a few episodes but it's so fun list. why um it, it's not on my list but i'm so glad you picked it because like 
there's like a string of sitcoms from like the 70s to maybe like the mid 80s or whatever that I've just never seen any of them. Like a single mm-hmm. episode. They're like all time classic sitcoms. Like I've never seen the Mary Tyler Moore show and I've never seen Golden Girls. And I felt bad not even being able to like throw it in honorable mention. Mm, so yeah. I'm just no, glad it's that it's good on your because list. like it's a good one to start off with because I can like I can still like be like getting my drink around and sit down like mid episode and not feel like I've like I'm not like crazy invested in the Golden Girls, but I know that it's great. It's fun to to start off with and then be looking forward to some other sitcoms for the night. I love it, Kyle. Um, okay, I didn't even think about the viewing order of mine, but I think I would place them maybe in like uh, uh, the order of, of their release years, mm. I guess. So Seinfeld might actually technically be the last one uh, on my block of programming. <laughs> um, but do you just want to go back and forth on this? Since yeah, I let's do back and forth. A, yeah, right. we'll do back and forth. Love the Golden Girls pick. I mean, it's Betty White. How can you go wrong, right? Um, my next pick, Kyle, I'm also going old. I'm going to my oldest one now, okay? Mm. Which is probably like, when I think of classic sitcoms that really hold up for me, there's none that hold up more than my girl Lucille Ball and I Love Lucy. Mm, yeah, that is. Uh, I thought about that one too, but I was like, you know what? If I'm trying to pick the best of all time, I guess I would. But I've been, I have only seen like half an episode of I Love Lucy, so I feel like see, I, I can't think do that's it. Fair. So I couldn't. And for couldn't me, pick I was I was tough because it's like like I said, does I Love Lucy make me laugh the most of any sitcom I've watched? No. But I, we used to have like a bunch of, or at least a few seasons on DVD. And my stepbrother and I, when we shared a bedroom, would like weirdly just pop on I Love Lucy whenever we were cleaning or doing stuff together, mm-hmm. you know? So like I have a lot of nostalgia for old I Love Lucy episodes, even if they're not gut bustingly funny. They just have so much like great classic comedy slapsticky hijinks mm-hmm. in them, you know? Like uh, you can't beat a scene like a uh, Lucy and Ethel eating the chocolates on the conveyor belt. Yeah. Like th- yes. there are scenes that are so famous that you've never even watched the episode, but you'll know the scene. Right? Yeah. Like exactly. you know that scene. Yes. Or, you know, probably the, I love when Lucy's the spokesperson for the Vitamita Vegemin. <laughs> yeah. She yes. keeps drinking it and getting, it's so disgusting, but that look on her face when she has to look so grossed out, but trying to say, it's so tasty. <laughs> it's so funny to me. Um, it's just great. And luckily it had a great movie called, oh, fuck, what was that terrible Aaron Sorkin movie that I was going to make a joke about called Being the Ricardos? What? I don't know. It was like last year there was an I Love Lucy movie. Not really. It was directed by Aaron Sorkin um, starring uh, Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem mm. as Lucy and Ricardo. Okay. And, you know what? It fucking sucks. It's <laughs> it's not. It's like Aaron Sorkin's not a funny person, and he's not trying to be funny. And you know what you want with your Lucy movie? Some funny. <laughs> Something. Uh, also, all time great theme song for "I Love Lucy." Feels important. Feels like a great way to start a night of TV yeah. viewing. It'd to be me. great to. It'd be fun to go back in time to when this like 
when Ivy Love Lucy was on. Cause like, from what I understand about it, if you were in like a suburban America walking down the street, everybody would be ter- having it on at the same time. Like everybody yeah. watched it. It'd be like literally every TV is on this show. That'd <laughs> just be wild. It'd be cool to just walk down the street during that time, you know? Hell yeah. Well, um, uh, all right. Your next pick, Kyle. Well, you love Lucy, Scott, but mm-hmm. everybody loves Raymond. And that's my next yes. pick. Cause I love watching I, oh. that show. Dude, I almost put it on my list just for coziness, but I haven't watched it in like 20 years. Yeah, I just, yeah, I grew up watching that show and it's great. Love Ray Romano. I just do. Everyone loves him. So Everyone loves him. That's the point. We all love him. He is such a better actor than like, I, as a kid, everybody loves Raymond. I'm like, oh, it's just that grown up sitcom where it's like that whiny guy (laughs) or whatever. But like. When Ray Romano pops up in a movie these days, it's like, oh, fuck. He's like a really good actor. He was great in The Big Sick, right? Yes, yeah, he's, he's so good dad, in that really movie. Really great in that yeah. one. <laughs> There's a movie called um, Paddleton or something like that on Netflix that's like a a movie where like he's... I think Raymond is maybe a little on the spectrum in that movie, Ray Romano, but like his friend is dying of cancer mm. and it's just like them going on a trip together or whatever. And it's just like Ray Romano's so good in it. I just think he's a really good actor. Great guy. Uh, I love that pick. And I loved Brad Garrett, obviously mm-hmm. in everybody loves Raymond. I thought he was so funny. His little thing he does where he always touches his chin with his food before he eats yeah, it. Yes. That weird little neurotic <laughs> tendency. I that. That really, I really fixated on that as a kid. I thought that was so <laughs> interesting and weird. Uh, I can so visual, viscerally picture him like eating a brownie where he touches it to his chin and then takes a bite and looks sad because he always looks sad. Yeah, he does. Um, he's really perfect. He was, was it, didn't he voice Eeyore in like the latest Winnie the Pooh I don't movie? know. I did not know I that. I think he, I think he did. And he's perfect casting for Eeyore. Yeah. Um. Yeah, love it. Love that pick, Kyle. My next pick, um, I'm, we're going another classic. This one is a 70s show. Um, not that the, 70s not show. Not that 70s show. Which I wish so badly I could have picked that 70s show, Kyle. <laughs> it is on my list of like honorable men. And if, and, and if we're talking about my favorite multi-camera sitcoms of all time, that 70s show is probably like my second favorite one ever. Oof. But... I I can't pick it. I can't I can't watch it when one of like my favorite characters is played by somebody who is a rapist in real life who is like who did it like while the show was airing, you know? Who? Like what? what are you talking about? Danny Masterson, the guy who plays Hyde on that show, who's is like who, a, I have seen maybe like two episodes of the show. The curly-haired dude with the sunglasses. Oh. The like most oh, stoner-looking guy. Nice. He's a yeah. Okay. Well, that's Yeah, nice. he's like he's a, he 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 raped a woman, uh possibly more than one, I can't remember, and like the Church of Scientology kept it under cover for a while, but it came out a few years ago Church and Church of Scientology like, would do that. I thought they were pretty. Uh, I know, right? Huh. They've got church in the name, so I don't think they could be bad. Yeah, church uh, and science. So it's <laughs> exactly best of both worlds. Best of both worlds. My favorite. Uh, yeah, it's like Rob Zombie and the Monsters. They just go together, yeah. you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, it's the same reason I couldn't pick the Cosby Show, right? Like, yeah, you can't. I love can't, the Cosby yeah, Show, but just it's, I just, I do have my last pick has a very controversial figure in it. But the only way I can separate them is that like. They didn't do their very bad thing while the show was happening, right? Mm. Like, 
it's hard with that 70s show and the Cosby show because I can't help but look at like this person did something evil when they called cut like immediately, yeah. <laughs> you know, it just ruins it for me, um, unfortunately. So my pick from the 70s, though, to bring it all back around, I'm choosing an all another all time classic sitcom, but one that I find very cozy. I used to watch it with my mom a lot when I was growing up. All in the family. Oh, yeah. Which I, I, is, um, yeah. I'm not super familiar with that one. But. So it's like the beginning of the uh, Norman Lear uh, era of sitcoms from the 70s, I think is his name. And he's like the he was like the king of sitcoms. He's like still alive. He's like 100 years old. They just did like a special honoring him recently. And I think the Emmys also like highlighted him. Um, but it's like a sitcom on the family is like a, a great progressive sitcom for its time in that it it has the main character is Archie Bunker who's a very old fashioned like conservative guy and he's got terrible opinions he's like got bad race equality opinions and like economic opinions <laughs> and he's just like super super stuffy guy but it's um it's his wife who's a real sweetheart that lives with him and also his daughter who's married to this like hippie fucking like 70s guy that is a total culture clash with Archie and so the show has Archie as this central figure who has all these kind of outdated uh, you know old fashioned beliefs but they use it to highlight these issues in funny ways and to like have conversations about them where Archie can change his mind yeah. and grow as a person because I do remember the uh, the spotlight they did on the on the guy the, okay. the, that made it yeah and so um, kind of like a progressive show for the time. Exactly. It's it's very progressive for its time. It's the Jeffersons as a spinoff of um, All in the Family. And it was like, the Jeffersons were like, there's a black guy who moved in next door is like the episode, you know? Oh, like It's like Archie's yeah. like freaking out at the prospect of having black neighbors. Um, I don't know. It's just like, a, I really like that it engages in progressive ideas for the time and is also just kind of a cozy show and also um the guy who plays the son-in-law is rob reiner who is a very famous director um his dad is carl reiner um who you know from oceans 11 who mm -hmm. plays saul yeah uh and directed the jerk but rob reiner directed like when harry met sally and spinal tap uh. um and uh the god the princess bride like oh nice <laughs> he's like a super famous and successful director in his own right and he also just happened to play the young like guy in this 70s sitcom that was like a hippie dude and i don't know i love it i loved it as a kid archie whenever he'd talk to his son-in-law like, shut up you meathead whenever he was talking <laughs> and i'd laugh every time and it's just great stuff it's very cozy to me and makes me comfy to watch so there you go. there's my third pick well, my third pick is going to be more modern, and uh, okay. it's going to be limited, though. It's a limited pick to only the episodes that I've seen of this Interesting. show. Interesting. Okay. Because my third pick is How I Met Your Mother. Ah, the good choice to limit it. Yes, because <laughs> I really stopped watching once it kind of fell off, and it's like, the, I don't know if the creativity just fizzled out or what happened, but I loved the first I don't even remember how many seasons are the actual like good seasons of How I Met Your Mother, but I'd say maybe the first five. That's usually when shows drop off is around the fifth or sixth season. But yeah, I like I love the storytelling in that show. I think it's so fun and the characters. I mean, it really made me love uh, a lot of the the main characters in it, like um, 
Neil Patrick Harris and yeah. uh it's crazy yeah. that Neil Patrick Patrick Harris's character existed as like a lovable scamp like 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. you made a show today with a character like that, he would be a fucking monster. Yes. You know, exactly. like it's a character whose entire personality trait is he likes to lie to women to, to sleep, sleep with, with them. them. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> what? <pretty> bad. <laughs> this is terrible. Yeah. But uh, I love, love how I met your mother. I think it's so fun and uh, really funny. So there it is. Love it. Um, although Kyle, we did say we we're doing multicams, and How I Met Your Mother is a multicam hybrid, oh. uh, so I don't think it counts. Mm. I only know that because I'm such a huge Allison Hannigan fan from Buffy that I remember <laughs> watching some interview where she talks about getting on How I Met Your Mother, and she's like, oh, "I was a little wary because I didn't want to do another single camera show after Buffy, but it was a multi-camera hybrid, so." <laughs> Um, I think, I mean, it's mostly multicam. They just don't shoot in front of a live audience for How I Met Your Mother. Right. And um, and they do like some single cam inserts for some scenes or whatever, um, which I guess for anyone who doesn't know, it's just what it sounds like, right? What a difference between a multicam and a single cam. Mm -hmm. It's like, uh, was this scene shot all at once with multiple cameras filming from different angles? Like, mo like all the sitcoms we've mentioned that are in front of a live audience and it's set like a play? Or was it something where you can tell they filmed the elements in individual takes with one camera moving around to get them like a movie? <sighs> okay. Um, great pick, Kyle. I, like, I love How I Met Your Mother's first, like, five seasons, I would say, for me. It drops off once we get to that point. Season six, it's like, you hit a point where it's like, I've seen Ted be in too many relationships where I know they're not the mom. I'm right. not interested in stalling anymore. Let's get to the fucking point. <laughs> and then they just don't for like four seasons. And then when they do, they ruin it at the end. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just, uh, it's a show that its ending was clearly made in season two. And that is what happened. Like yeah. <laughs> they filmed the ending then and then went on for seven more years and didn't think, does this ending still fit the show that we've made? <laughs> it doesn't. That's the answer. Um, well, whatever. All right. Um, before I get to my last pick, Kyle, I want to just throw out a few more honorable mentions for shows that I did not pick. Um, I already mentioned that 70s show, right? Mm -hmm. um, Grounded for Life is one that I really liked from mm -hmm. the early aughts. Uh, I don't think it's one where it's like I watch it now and I laugh a lot or it really holds up, but it has a, it's got a very chaotic energy and it's way it tells its stories is every episode is like the big thing has already happened and we're dealing with the aftermath of it and we're slowly revealing what happened through flashback hmm. of somebody telling the story. It's like it'll open and like the daughter is mad at the dad and slams the door and the wife's like, what happened there? And he's like, all right, so you know how like three days ago I was supposed to pick up this yeah. and then, <laughs> then it flashes back and like we get the explanation. Um, so I really like that show. Um, Boy Meets World. That's a mm. one that I don't think is funny enough, but is the it's the coziest for me if I'm in a childhood nostalgia mood. Um, Frasier and Cheers are both all time greats that did not make my list because they were both just a little too grown up for me when they were airing. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I would watch Frasier with my parents, but Frasier is like uh -huh, highbrow for the time. You know, it's too right. sophisticated for a kid. Um, Bewitched 
was another classic I almost did, but I did figure who needs two black and whites that when I think I love Lucy is funnier. Yeah. And, uh, and the Drew Carey show. Okay. Did you ever watch the Drew Carey show? Nope. That one had a lot of, I just haven't, I would have picked it if I had, I haven't seen an episode since it was airing on TV, but I really liked it. Uh, at the time, I just don't, I don't think it streams anywhere. I don't know if it's even available to buy or watch, you know, it's just not one that has had a resurgence. So I couldn't pick it in good faith. I am picking one that is a controversial pick, Kyle, with a, not just a controversial figure at the center of it, but at the title of it. Cause unfortunately my fourth pick, when I was looking at a list of great multicam sitcoms and thinking, which one do I have the strongest emotional connection to on this list? Is Roseanne. Oh my gosh, Roseanne. Really? Roseanne. <laughs> now, Roseanne, her, here's how, here's the thing about Roseanne. Here's how you know it's a quality show. Roseanne Barr got canceled like five years ago. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. And their show, the show still goes on without her to this day. Which is great. Which is just, yes. I love that that happened where she got so canceled. She is, and she is not yeah. necessary to why I love the show <laughs> is what I'm saying. And at the time she was not like a horribly, at least not, it was not known to me that she was like a horrible racist person. Right. That feels like the sort of thing that maybe developed over time. Yes. She got a little older, more dementia. She's always been a little off her rocker. Feels like maybe it's just gone further off, but why I'm picking the show is honestly there was never a sitcom that aired when i was a kid that felt more like it represented my family Mm, than roseanne did wow it is they're very like they're worn down working class people struggling to make ends meet there's a very it's like a a very kind of chaotic and messy house um in a lot of ways but there's like still a ton of heart and like genuine love between the family members. There's such amazing performances from John Goodman and Laurie Metcalf Mm -hmm. in it, who are still crushing it to this day, like on the show in the Connors uh, that they make now. Um, I don't know. It's like, if you were to watch some Roseanne episodes from back in the day, I think you could, you could watch it and say, Oh, I see why Scott liked this. Like they (laughs) did. There was always a big to do about the Halloween episode every year. Like the family loved playing Halloween pranks on each other and decorating the whole house as like a big haunted house. The mom was really like sarcastic to all the kids all the time. Roseanne was. Um, I just, I don't know, man. It just hits me in the ultimate 90s being a kid growing up nostalgia vibes. The same way that somebody else might feel about like Full House. Sure. I think Roseanne more accurately <laughs> captures my house and is funnier than that show. Uh, wow. So good. Yeah, I think it's a great show. It's just unfortunate that the main, the character the main was, person uh, and driving force kind of a horrible is terrible. Person, and, but. Yeah. T- terrible and canceled, but at least she wasn't like date raping anybody while it was being made. Yeah, so, so it's I can a little separate bit myself can, a little bit. <laughs> and the show itself is like progressive, even if she isn't, you know, like the show's progressive. Come, even, so yeah. even in the season, like the reboot season where where she got canceled while it was airing or whatever, they're still doing storylines where it's like 
Roseanne is addicted to painkillers because she has to keep working while she's too old and she got injured and she can't take time off of work. Like those are like real social issues that are relatable and they're in the sitcom. And I just really always appreciated that they would tackle those kinds of things that felt representative to my family uh, growing up. Wow. Yeah. Whew. That's good. Well, you got a good lineup there and, um, well, I'm ending on one that I thought maybe you'd pick because it's one we talked about all the time, but I just want to end mm-hmm. my night watching some According to Jim. Hell yeah. Just some According <laughs> to Jim. Loved the show. Just uh, loved it. You know, you're almost surprised you haven't read about Jim Belushi getting canceled. You know, it's just like... Yeah, you feel it like it should like be it there, maybe. Yeah, but nope, he's not canceled. And uh, no, at least not that we know. If he is, then sorry, I guess, yeah. <laughs> for not addressing it. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I always just, yeah. According to Jim, is just one where it would turn on and there'd be like three of them in a row. And I just watched all three of them. You know, I just it is. keep watching it until it was off. And so. Eminently watchable is mm-hmm. what, according to Jim, is. Yeah. It's just perfectly watchable. I love this pick, Kyle. I mean, yeah, and it, it's uh like my, I guess um, the only other one that maybe I was gonna pick was like uh, I wrote down Full House, but I wasn't really feeling strong about that one. Um, yeah. but like Fred, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, oh, you know, I like oh, watching yeah. that one as a kid, and uh, I like that one, one too. But... I have that one as honorable mention too. I just think maybe they were a little too wealthy to be relatable, almost. Sure. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, like I said, I responded to Roseanne because I could place myself there. Mm-hmm. It's harder when they're living in like a mansion in Bel Air. Yeah. And I thought about picking Friends just to pick it, but the reality is I like Friends, but I have not watched a whole lot of it. And it's not one that I like want to sit down and watch that much. I think it's good. Like I, when I mm-hmm. watch an episode, I'm like, that was funny, but it's not on my list, not on your list. And that's kind of crazy for like one of the most successful sitcoms of all time. I couldn't do Seinfeld and Friends because they're both just like, it's like uh, Friends is like Seinfeld, but there's more women around and more romance, right? Like it's yeah. just like young people in New York and their relationship problems. And Seinfeld is more pure comedy, which is just more of my alley. Mm-hmm. I do love Friends. Like you said, I mean, I've seen, I have seen every episode of Friends. I'm a, I used to be, I'm like a real sitcom hound, right? Like I used to, TV used to be my jam. So there's, I could probably list off like 50 more according to gym level sitcoms that I used to watch. (laughs) Like I could have put like my wife and kids on the list or something like that, that I used to watch all the time. Um, I totally just lost the thread of what I was saying. Mid sentence, Kyle, we were, what show was I talking about? Friends. Friends. Oh yeah. Friends. It's just like, yeah, it's not, it's iconic, but it's not that funny. Always. It has really funny moments, but it's more hit or miss. It is the most, it is probably one of the most cozy shows, but I just thought, yeah, it's like too obvious almost. You it's know? too obvious. It's like, yeah. It's too easy. What am I going to, what do I have to say about friends? You know, it's, it's whatever. Joey and Rachel shouldn't have had a relationship. It was weird and I didn't like it <laughs> there. That's what I'll say about friends. Um, those are our lineups. So Kyle, what, what all was your lineup? Let's refresh the audience. The Golden Girls, then everyone, Boom. everybody loves Raymond, and then How I Met Boom. Your Mother, ending with According to Jim. Nice. Love it. We're doing for me, we got I Love Lucy, then some All in the Family to get some, 
some issues of the 70s. Then we'll do some Roseanne to get some issues of the 90s, but then we'll cap it off with some just pure laughs with Seinfeld. So, so some solid nights of comedy. I'd tune in. Mm-hmm. I've thought I've thought before about just like what if I just uh, make myself playlists of like four shows and I'm just like on Tuesdays I watch the ones from this playlist <laughs> you know I just watch four of them and then on Thursdays uh, it's drama night I watch two hour long dramas <laughs> just gonna bring back the feeling of TV in the in the good old days you know um all right well, Kyle that's it right that's it I think we did it we did it the monsters we talked about oh, the boy. monsters. Come back next week uh, for our last episode of the Screamy Streamies, which I guess we should figure out what day we're recording on. Probably what, probably Wednesday because you're leaving Thursday. Wednesday, yep. Okay, so two more days to watch Hellraiser and mm-hmm. make a game about it. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're doing Hellraiser next, the new one on Hulu, directed by Dan Trachtman. No, no, that's who did Prey. Who the fuck directed uh, the new Hellraiser? doesn't matter. I don't know why. For the first time ever, I decided to try to say the director, and I didn't know the director's name, which is <laughs> like, why would I do it? Uh, directed by David Bruckner, who um, the directed Bruckmaster. the movie... The Bruckman. Um, he directed the movie The Night House last year, which I really liked. So I'm curious about his Hellraiser movie. Cool. Uh, yeah, so join us next week for that. Um, uh, for now, though, let's just uh, turn off Netflix, turn off the TV, fucking, I don't know, destroy any evidence of this movie ever existing. Sounds good to me. Uh, if you're listening you like what you hear, remember to uh, follow us uh, or to rate, review, and subscribe. Go to our website, madefortvpodcast.com. Follow us on social media at madefortvpodcast. That's at made the number four TV podcast. Thank you to Chris Ratzbaugh for our theme song. And thank you to Maggie for our artwork. That's it. Yeah, cool. I'm Scott. I'm Kyle. Uh, and of course, as always, Thank you so much for listening to our comedy podcast where I'm delivering lines in a comedic way, just like the actors in this movie. What a bunch of cornball hooey. <laughs>